Hello, everyone listening. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I want to talk about accomplishing the impossible.、Um, but just to set the tone for you, I am here on the farm visiting my parents, and it's a really peaceful day out. No one's here, and it's beautiful. It's late stages of summer. I'm just starting to see a few little yellow leaves pop out here and there, and I'm. So so sad, but at the risk of sounding incredibly basic, I am excited for fall. I love warm weather, but I do love the colors of fall and the smell of fall. And here, it's right next to an apple orchard, so I can smell all the apples, which is something I always truly enjoyed about experiencing the fall. And if you can hear, I think there's a crop duster outside, so you know we'll just roll with it. But anyway, it's just a beautiful time of year, a precious fleeting time of year, but all the same. Nice. So, if you haven't, go outside, get some fresh air, stare up at the sky, and feel nature. Anyways, I'm not really that woo for those of you guys that are new here, but we're gonna get to the subject. I want to talk about accomplishing the impossible because I see it all the time with bulimia recovery. I want to give you some insight onto. How to accomplish what you think is impossible, and a lot of people think that bulimia recovery is impossible. And to give you some personal context,、uh, I'm going through that journey myself. I'm not strongly struggling with bulimia right now, thank goodness. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine if that came back in my life. Oh, an identity crisis. But I am going through. If you haven't been able to put it together, if you have been following my podcast for a while, you'll know that the past month on my podcast, I've seemed off, or something seems like it's going wrong in my life. And you would be right. I'm going through a breakup、um, from a ten-year relationship, and it's awful in a lot of ways. But I don't want to share the personal details of that. I don't want to talk badly about my ex or anything like that. I'm not going to share dirty laundry on here. That's not what I do. However. What I do want to share is I can't not talk about it because it is such a personal thing, right? But I want to share it in a way that's respectful to both parties involved. However, something that I am experiencing during this breakup is looking at everything I need to do in order to break up with this person because we do have some things connected, even though we don't have kids together, even though we are not married. There is connections, and looking at the next few months and seeing what I need to do in order to accomplish that, it does seem impossible. And then to Top it all off. This relationship has been a part of my life for ten years, really all of my adult life. So the idea of being single and being no longer in a relationship, all those things, to me seems almost insurmountable because it's so foreign. I don't understand it. I've never experienced it before, or at least it's been a very long time. It's completely unfamiliar to me, and so. I just had to go through the process this morning, and it seems like every single day, of kind of coaching myself and helping myself through, and kind of holding my hand, and the skills that I'm using now, I know people need in bulimia because bulimia is not a physical person, but it's so similar to a relationship. It's similar to a toxic relationship where you know you need to leave, but you don't know how. And what I commonly see with people. Is that when they don't understand something, or they don't see the steps, they don't they don't fully understand or grasp how it can be done. They then translate it to then it must not be possible. If I can't, if I don't know how to recover, I can't see a possible potential way out. I am no longer going to try, and I'm no longer I'm going to assume that it's just not possible. And then they are going to stay in bulimia, and I find myself grappling with that too. I'm pretty set on it, which is why I'm now. Announcing it on the podcast officially, I wouldn't have done that otherwise. But my mind, I could see it going to the the lens of, well, if this is impossible, maybe we just stay. Maybe we just don't try to figure this out. You just 
want to shove it into a closet, into the junk drawer and promise yourself going to deal with it later, but you're not, right? And the same thing with bulimia. People think because it's impossible, they're just not going to try. I think about language. I think I said this on the podcast a lot recently, but I was hearing about how I forget what podcast it was. I think it was just a real, whatever. But they were talking about how this one culture did not have a word for um, blue. They had a word for green, but they did not have a word to identify blue. And so because they didn't have the word to identify it, they could not see all the blue in the world, right? They couldn't, they just, it just didn't register to them. And I think this is a similar thing. But what I want to offer you right here, if you don't take anything else away from this podcast, the practical steps I'm going to give you, it's that just because you see, can't see it does not mean it doesn't exist. Think of bacteria, think of the micro things in the world, think of the different color waves that we cannot see, think of dark matter, um, all of these things. There's obviously things that we cannot see, that we cannot fathom, that we cannot understand, but they exist. So it's so naive of myself to think and you to think that just because we cannot comprehend how something will be done, that it can't be done, right? It obviously can. And I always say this, the belief that I fall back on with bulimia is how I think everyone can recover is if you can change and if you're a human being, you have the potential for change. You always do. Um, sometimes we don't know how to change things, but we know that we have, there's the potential to change. Your brain can adapt new habit pathways. It can change its structure. If that's the case, then you absolutely have the ability and capability, you have the capability to recover, right? And then therefore it's possible for everyone to recover. So I just want to offer that to you when you're thinking of this insurmountable journey of recovery, if, especially if you've been struggling with bulimia since you were before 10 years old, like I actually, one of my relatives right now, their child is younger and I think he's seven and he's for sure struggling with an eating disorder and is one of the most heart-wrenching things I have ever seen in my life because he's seven, you know? It's just crazy that that can happen. But I know that some of you guys are out there like that. And if you've been struggling with the eating disorder since before the age of 10, or you've been struggling for years, or like me, you struggled for four years, which didn't seem like that much time, but it was a long enough time to make me believe that I can't get out of it, please know that it's totally possible for you. And you will not understand how because it's not apparent to you yet, but that does not mean it's not impossible. So with that being said, I want to go through some practical lessons. And I think I've already kind of said a few of them in classic Jacqueline fashion, but I've got a list that I wrote out that I want to go over with. Um, So the first thing that you want to do when you're thinking about going through an impossible journey, such as recovering from bulimia and you think of all these doubts, Do not try to think of every single detail. Whenever I'm trying to accomplish a goal, I usually write out the main overarching goal, but then I work backwards from there. And usually the further out the goal is, then when I'm working backwards, the things that I know I'll have to do when I get closer to that goal are incredibly vague and they're just general guidelines. But as I get closer to the present me, I work backwards, that me has more steps that she can grasp. And what is probably better for you to do is think about your next few immediate steps that you need to do in order to recover rather than think about long-term how you're possibly going to get there. It's 
especially with bulimia recovery, because everyone is different. There are similar steps that everyone can take, but everyone behaves differently with them. You will not know till you get there what your specific journey is going to be. You have no idea. Um, certain, I, I have so many different clients and there's many parallels between them, but all of them, every single client I've been with, it's not just been a cookie cutter replica of, oh, this person gets this sort of advice and then they respond in this exact way. No, everyone's an individual. And so we all have different responsive and responses and neurosyncrasies and whatever. What I've tried, idiosyncrasies, not neurosyncrasies. Idiosyncrasies that make us who we are and then have us respond uniquely to it. So therefore, you can listen to all the books and resources, but you won't know till you get there what the right step is going to be for you. And new challenges are going to come up that you're going to have to you're going to have to shift with and move through it. So far better for you to focus on, all right, I don't know what I'm going to do in order to be the perfect eater and eat intuitively, all that sort of stuff. But I do know immediately that continually purging isn't necessarily helping me and actually starving myself every single day, telling myself I'm not going to eat anything till noon and then binging at 11 a.m., that seems to not be working. So maybe I should try the approach of perhaps having a consistent eating schedule and eating every four hours regardless of the binging and purging and doing my best to implement some sort of prevention for purging or doing my best to focus on habit interruption with the binging itself, doing the pausing. Pick one or two steps that you know you need to do immediately, preferably whatever your biggest problem is. Pick some sort of step that goes along with that thing. Um, your glaring issue in bulimia, if it's restriction, pick that. If it's binging, pick that. But then stick with it and hyperfixate on it. As you keep exploring those things and committing to those things, you're going to get more information that's going to get you more skilled and then you'll be able to move past that. I see a lot of people in recovery, they just try to flit back and forth and do everything all at once and usually it's hyper-focusing on a few things that move the needle forward. Uh, I think, I forget what the book is. It's not autonomous. Hmm. There's some sort of book about hyper-fixation on a few things that I read and it was very helpful. And I can't think of the name. It's not minimalism. It's not anything like that. Oh, it's going to bother me. I'm going to, I know I'm recording right now, but I just have to look it up. Oh, no, it's not even on my, oh, I don't have it with me. That's so sad. Whatever. There's a book on minimalist and like hyperfixation on one thing. If you know what book I'm talking about, go read it, but it's very, very helpful. But they talk about how when you focus on few things rather than so many then that's where you make progress in that area and then other things can come to light. So uh, much easier than focusing on everything because when you focus on everything and you try to understand the how that you'll never ever know till you get there, you're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to freak out. You're going to then feel confused because you don't know because that makes sense. You don't. So of course you'd be confused and then you're going to give up, which is what I almost did this morning. So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's like, of course you don't. You don't know, but you know what you need to do, do for the next few hours and that's what you should focus on. So that's number one. Number two is keep the main goal in mind, but in the corner of your vision. So similar to what I was saying before, but keep the main goal in your mind in terms of what you're actually envisioning to have at the end of all, at the end of all of this. So you're doing all these things, you're taking on all these challenges. What is the main thing that you're doing this for long-term that you know it will lead to or the vague idea that you have and keep it at the forefront of your mind, but kind of in the corner. Like you're working towards it, you know it's there, you know that's why you're doing what you're doing, but 
it's off to the side because you need to keep those next few things immediately in your vision. And the goal is just the sidelines, kind of like, you know, someone cheering you on or something that that goal is cheering you on and it's waiting for you. Keep your future self in mind. And if you don't already write those goals down, one of one of the things I do, I haven't been doing it this month because this month, obviously when you're going through a breakup, you just kind of are chaotic. And I feel like I'm finally coming back to some semblance of sanity, but yeah, journaling, like, it goes out the window. I'm going to be honest, but (laughs) back to it. Usually what I've been doing all this year that's helped me accomplish a lot of things. And what I'm doing recently, again, is just writing out my goals very simply bullet bullet point form of what I want to accomplish this year and coming back to it. And that just keeps that little reminder of, no, this is why we're doing what we're doing. This is what we're focused on. And it keeps it in your mind in some sort of way, even if it's shoved in a corner, it's in your mind for the day. And that helps keep you moving towards those things and keeping doing those little immediate things. Okay. And then um, also, if you have trouble understanding what the main goal is for you, perhaps write it out. So with bulimia recovery, think of who you'll be if you are recovered from bulimia. And if you don't know, take a guess I think most people can guess, they can fathom it. And sometimes if I really don't know something, I'm like, well, what if I did know, what do I think it might be? Or what what if people told me it's like and start writing that thing down? You won't you won't really know till you get there, but write it down and make a detailed picture of yourself if you want to, so that you can have that complete vision in your head. All right, three, understand why you should bother doing it anyway. And this goes along again with what I just said. Writing those things down will help you understand your whys, the promise of what's to come, even if you aren't sure. This is vital too, because there's no guarantee with what you're doing. I think it's possible for everyone to recover, but there's always that monster in your head that's like, you don't know if it's going to work. And that monster's right. That monster for as nasty as he is, is totally right. You have no idea what it's gonna what's gonna happen, and there's no guarantee. So why go through the effort anyway? And I think that's a question you have to ask yourself constantly. And that's what I asked myself this morning, and what I've been asking myself a lot because I could just try to make it work, right? Could just go back to the same old, same old. But I know what's guaranteed there, just like you know what's guaranteed with bulimia. You know what bulimia is like. And you know, if you keep going, you don't fully understand, but it's probably going to get worse and worse. It's going to get progressively worse. And having worked, I've had the privilege to work with people who are at the very beginning stages of bulimia and at the more advanced stages. Um, I don't work with people that need, obviously, health intervention. Um, They need treatment. Otherwise, it would be unsafe. Me as a coach, not a trained medical professional to work with them. But people who have had bulimia for a long time versus not so long, it gets worse over time. And... In my early 20s, I was able to withstand it, but it was still really tough. I can't imagine, even though I'm still young, in my late 20s, suffering with bulimia would have been so rough. And the more you do it, the worse it fucking gets. So I don't even know why I'm saying this anymore. (laughs) I'm getting off track a little bit. But I do know that something you can help your brain with is we know what's guaranteed if we stay here. But what are the potentials? the vast possibilities of amazing things that are available to us if we keep trying. And is it worth it even though we're not sure? And I always like to say that, you know, believing is always going to be there. Leaving really has no risk. You can just 
try something else and see what's going to go on. Bulimia is there if you need it, if you want to go back to it. But there's so much more potential out there that you aren't even aware of and can't even fathom because you're so stuck in it, right? But telling yourself reasons why you should try, um, even if you're unsure of what you're going to gain and why you should bother doing these little steps, it's going to be important. It's not just the goal, but why you're doing the goal, right? And for me, the top things that I'm eternally grateful for when it comes to recovery is just mental space one like I can think about so much more food isn't a constant thing in my mind two um I just feel better my moods are a lot more stabilized without bulimia and that is freaking wonderful three I learned a lot on how to self-regulate when I learned how to stop binging and purging and much more than I realized and all the skills I used in bulimia I use in my daily life of thought um redirecting my thoughts understanding how to respond to them differently, depending on what's going on, how to regulate my emotions, how to deal with my emotions without using maladaptive things. Sometimes I still do use like a little bit of comfort food or something, but for the most part, it really is so much better without bulimia. And my life's so much bigger, so much fuller. I wouldn't have started a business if I hadn't recovered from bulimia. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And I probably wouldn't be ending a relationship that's no longer working for me or my partner or my ex. Um, if I hadn't recovered. So there's so many benefits, so many, so many benefits, but you have to come up with your reasons for your own. All right. Number four, know that the insecurity, doubt, fear, confusion, overwhelm that you're feeling are not indicators that this is the wrong thing to do. And one of the reasons I know that is anecdotal, just from my own personal experience, but I've never accomplished anything big without feeling a but ton of insecurity, doubt, overwhelm, confusion, scared, fear feelings. Um, uh, I never had it without any of those feelings, right? I never accomplished anything without those feelings. And it's just, if that's the case, then it's never an indicator that it's not going to happen. It's almost an indicator sometimes that you're about to do something really big, that you're about to rip off the Band-Aid and it's scary. Oh, sorry. And it's scary and interesting, but it's going to be awesome. Not always. Sometimes fear is an indicator you should get out of there. But we misinterpret it sometimes. And I think insecurity is natural, doing things that aren't familiar. Your body, your mind, it is primed for you to stay in familiar, cozy places, even if those cozy places are disgusting and you really need to go out, get out and there's toxic mold, right? It It is much more prone to stay in what's already working or what it thinks it's working and not want to veer off because unfamiliar things are dangerous. Unfamiliar things are unknown. You have no idea what's going to happen and that's much scarier than staying in the familiar pain that you understand, even though it's pain all the same. But insecurity, doubt, fear, they're not indicators you shouldn't do it. And I don't want you to misinterpret those. They're more so just indicators that you have no idea what you're doing. And of course you don't because you're doing something new. But those feelings usually go down the more and more you explore. I have done a few things this month, new things, um, going out and meeting new people, right? Those sorts of stuff. And I was terrified, absolutely terrified. And I really was worried I was doing the wrong thing. And every single time it's been so much fun, right? And so many things I've tried, I'm coming home, separating from my ex, right? All those things. I was scared, but it worked out. Many, many people are scared to take those leaps in recovery. Whenever they think about working with me and starting their recovery journey too, there's an element of fear. They don't know what's going to happen, but it usually is just the best decision they ever made. So, um, and they're like, why did it take me so long to do that? Just because you're scared, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. All right. Number five, focus on why you believe in yourself and practice those thoughts daily. So after kind of talking myself through this morning of the overwhelm I was feeling and going back to those little steps, I started thinking about, well, 
you know, why are you capable? And I'm better at this because I've had experience with it. I know some people are struggling with bulimia, their self-esteem is in the gutter. Um, but something I wrote did is I just wrote down all the reasons why I was totally capable of accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish. And one of the things I wrote down, which I wanted to share with you is, was I've done this before. And that thought's not actually technically true because I've never broken up with someone like this. I've never been in this exact same situation before and separated myself from someone I've spent 10 years with. But what I have done before is I've broken up with bulimia. I've broken up with toxic situations. I've gotten out of things that weren't working for me before. You, even if you have never recovered from bulimia before, there are similar things that you've done in your life where the skills that you use there apply to here. And I ask that question to a lot of new clients is what, you know, what other things have you done in your life that could be directly applied to your recovery journey now? So for you, focus on the reasons why you believe in yourself. Your mind loves to tell you all the reasons why you suck. And it's amazing at that. And you can just, instead of trying to pretend like those things don't exist. I have so many flaws I could list out for you here easily. And they definitely hinder me sometimes and they sometimes really mess up my life. But I also have a lot of good things that are going to help me during this journey. And you, just like anyone else, you're not a cartoon character. You're a human being. You have good and bad sides. Instead of thinking that the bad sides are your Achilles heel, just focus on the good about yourself and why you're capable of doing it, even though you maybe have those flaws just like anyone else. All right. And then six, I just threw this in here, but that has been something I've been doing a lot, which is leaning on others. Have people in your life communicate honestly and openly about your goals, what you're going through, what you're trying to do. Don't abuse people, right? And use them. Um, Make sure the conversations you're having with people are consensual and you're not just trauma dumping, but do definitely lean on people. I visited, I've caught up with a lot of old friends recently. I visited my old roommate from college this weekend. It was so much fun. Um, Talked openly with them about what was going on and they were very, very supportive. Um, And just having conversations with people. We are social creatures, right? And we need our own internal validation and we need to have firm opinions ourselves, but we can't just spend time alone only thinking in our heads. That's where we get confused and we get a little bit messed up and we get a little lost in there. I think humans, another beautiful thing about socializing with people is they bring new ideas to your head. They maybe call you out on things you can't see in hopefully a kind, compassionate way. Uh, they can see better sometimes than you can of what's in front of you. Uh, just like with your friends doing something stupid, since you're not in it, you can see it and help them steer clear from a bad situation too. So lean on others, be a part of support groups, If you're not already working with someone and you have the means to do so, get a therapist, get a coach. If you need something, go to treatment centers, something like that, but don't just do it alone. That's not something you have to do. All right. And what is the other thing I said? Uh, And then the seven, just seven, just to wrap it up, hyper fixate the fuck out of those next few steps, which I already said in the beginning, so it's kind of ridiculous, but really just focus all your energy on those next few steps. Once you've gone through all this mind bullshit, then get down to business and get to work on those next few steps, which is what I'm doing. I'm going back um, this week to kind of deal with things and really just get my hands dirty and get it done. And that's what you need to do too. Really focus on what exactly do you need to do this week? Have a firm plan. It doesn't have to be crazy extensive. If anything, that's probably not going to help you either, but 
Know what you're focused on each and every day, those small action items. You don't need to do every single thing in order to recover, but a few things that you're focusing on, skills you're practicing that are going to move you forward and move the needle forward. And then maybe plan a review every week or so to see how you're doing on those things and if it's still working for you. All right. Whoa, that was a long podcast. Was it really that long? Oh, 22 minutes long. Not that long. Whatever. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode and it was a little bit more vulnerable. I'm definitely going through a transformative time and I think that my content and my business and what you hear on this podcast is only going to get better from what I'm going through. But thank you for being patient with me and kind of the roughness of my podcast this month. Now you know why and what's going on. It's not an excuse, but it is what has been happening. Um, But I have been enjoying this process, even though it's been God awful at times. And I'm so excited to share all the wisdom that I'm having from this and help my clients with that. If you would like more help, if you like this podcast, um, one, give it a rating and review. That helps me and it helps the podcast get seen and I appreciate it. Two, if you need further help and you like this podcast, you can always find more information about how to work with me on my website at bingebreakers.com. I offer a group coaching program, which is amazing. We we meet every Monday at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and uh, we you're welcome to leave your cameras off on that call, which is kind of a benefit. People appreciate that it can be more private, and there's courses that you can listen to on there that are directly related to bulimia recovery. You also can work with me one-on-one. I have private coaching spaces spaces available. I typically work for people for six months at a time. And each week we focus on custom goals for you and have conversations surrounding those goals and push you forward in your recovery. So if you're someone that responds quite well to judgment-free accountability and nudging you a little bit, but not too much, I'm usually the girl for that. And you can book a consult on my website if you are interested in working with me one-on-one. The group coaching program, you can just go join right off the bat. And there's a coupon on my website for $10 off your first month, which people do appreciate as well. All right, I'm gonna let you guys go. I hope that this helped you get motivated. You can accomplish things that you think are impossible. Just because you think things are impossible does not mean that they are. It just means you can't see it. You can't fathom it yet, but it does exist. There is a way you will find a way. That's humankind's MO is we're just going to find a way to take over the planet at some point and go to the moon and beyond. Um, We've already gone to the moon. (laughs) People are like, she doesn't know that we've gone to the moon. Oh man. Anyway, I hope you guys have a lovely weekend and please, please, please. I'm saying this to myself more than ever. Never give up on yourself. You are freaking amazing and you're so much stronger than you ever will really realize, but hopefully stronger than you think now. You can do this, whatever you're going through, never give up on yourself. I'm so glad this year has been incredibly hard for me for many different reasons. And I'm so glad I never gave up on me. And I really think that you, if you're going through a rough time, you'll be happy that you never give up on yourself too. Okay. Love you guys on this podcast so, so much. Bye everyone.